to In the Country with your host, Dave Woods. This is the radio show where country music gets up close and personal. Spend some time in the country and get to know our guests. Spend some time in the country where the music's the best. The latest news and memories, two great stories that get told. Spend some time in the country, now it's time we start the show. And joining me on the show now is Heather Rankin, and man, we're, we've got some great music from her to share here on the show. Uh, we're going to hear a Christmas song from her first ever solo Christmas CD. It's called Imagine, that's the name of the CD, and the song we're going to hear is the first single from it called Wrap It Up. That is on the way, plus we're going to hear a couple of songs from her 2016 CD, a great one called A Fine Line. Lots to listen to and lots to talk about with my guest Heather Rankin, welcome to the show, Heather. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Great to have you here. And uh, you are on the line right now uh, from Halifax, Nova Scotia. I am. I'm packing my suitcase, getting ready to head out to Ontario first thing tomorrow morning, um, guesting in a John McDermott Christmas show in Brantford, Ontario. And I'm so excited. Um, I've been following so cool. John for years. He was... He was uh, I guess he was just getting going probably around the same time we were getting going back in the 90s. So it's cool to finally, after all these years, be sharing the stage with him. Yeah, first time on, on stage with John. It is. As far as I wow. can remember, I'm pretty sure. I know our paths used to cross here and there. But, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. no, I think this is one of the first times I've, I will be performing on stage with him. Nice. And how is the family doing? How's everyone uh, uh, getting along? And is there new music from the Rankin family on the way, either in a record form or, or, or live shows somewhere? Um, the family's great. Everyone's doing well. Um, we're very spread out these days. We're all living in different parts of, of the world. And we don't, you know, often see each other. Occasionally in the summers we get together. Um, for a week here and there, we were all together this summer to uh, celebrate a, one of our nephews got married. Um, nice. But no, we, we a lot of things have changed over the years, and we haven't been creating music together. It's just things change and people move on in different directions. And um, mm. it's different now because there, there are just the three of, of the five uh, uh, Rankin family band members. Um, so, you know, it's it's a different kind of experience now when we get together um and uh yeah so you know we're busy doing our own our own things jimmy is he's got a very active solo career and of course i just mm-hmm. uh i released my own record just over a year and a half ago and um and i've been really really busy ever since just you know taking that on i had been doing some work in the theater acting um but there's just it's once you get going and you gain a little momentum uh, with the music, it's difficult to take a step back from that and step back in the theater because uh, right. you know you, you got to take advantage of the uh, of the of the man- momentum once you get it going. But yeah, yeah, you get an so album. Sort of a long you get an album out there. You've got to be a, <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. No, you did. You got to get out there and promote uh, promote that album, right? So that takes up time. Uh, you can't be acting and then trying to, you know, you get so busy if you did that and try to perform your songs. 
Well, that's right. Well, when you're working in the theater, it means taking a couple of months away from, from a touring schedule or mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's, it's such a crazy, uh, amount of work involved in making a record and then marketing the record and then getting out there and touring the record. And right. although I've been in the business for many years working with my family, it's really been, uh, quite a, a journey, quite a process in starting over as a solo artist. And, you know, I'm still in the process of educating people about having solo music and, um, and having a a solo show. So it's, um, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's an amazing, an incredible amount of work. And, uh, to, to, once you get going, you don't want to like, uh, step aside from that and then, you know, take a couple of months to do something else like theater. I, I suppose mm-hmm. maybe in a couple of years, once I've, I've sort of established myself across the country, um, I'll be in a better position to do so. But right now it's just, it's, it's a little difficult. Did you enjoy your time on stage in the theater? The, some of the work that you did, was it, an, was it a great feeling for you? I love working in the theater. It's, uh, it's something I always wanted to do. And when I was busy in the years touring with the family, again, it was just a difficult thing to, to take time away from the music and the touring and, and work in the theater. So um, during the years that I wasn't touring, I had the opportunity to, to take part in some, some productions and to dabble in some film. And, um, you know, of course that's what I, I studied in university and it was very much um in my heart, it was something I wanted to pursue, but, um, you know, you can't, you can't do everything. Um, but I did, right. I enjoyed my time working in the theater and it's, it's a very rewarding experience. Um, and it's really hard work too. It's hard work. And I have the, I would imagine. the greatest respect for people who work in the theater. The memorization alone of a script to memorize the lines, not only the delivery and all that stuff, uh, but just, you know, keeping, keeping all the lines straight. Yeah, that's just one one part of it, you know, the memorization, right. and that gets, that gets harder as you get older. Um, I, <laughs> I I always marvel at when I heard Christopher Plummer. I think he was eighty, and he he uh, he did Shakespeare solo Shakespearean play at Stratford um, mm-hmm. at eighty, like just carried the that's entire amazing. show yeah. of Shakespearean <laughs> text. Um, yeah, I mean that guy's a pro, a real pro. But yeah, incredible. It's, uh, that's just one small part of it, you know. It's it's bringing the all that 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 character is experiencing and and uh, you know all of that emotion that you're, is required night after night after night, and uh, and it's not something you uh, it's something you you want to happen moment for moment on the stage uh reacting to the other characters and the other text and and every night you're right. discovering something new and and you're hearing something differently every night and um and you know you're making new discoveries every night and that's the really exciting part about uh working in the theater I like that. That sounds cool. Just that uh, moment to moment, and uh, what you've got to do as an actor is got to look spontaneous and not uh, not over rehearsed. 
Heather, when you're describing your music, or how would you describe it uh, different from the Rankin family? So people knew you uh, from the family group, of course. Now you've got solo stuff. Of course, listening to it, we can hear the difference. But how would you describe the music you're doing now? Um, it's funny when you're inside, it's it's hard to, to describe it yourself. But I've heard it described as adult contemporary. I've also heard people talk about um, the songs on my my only really my debut and my only solo recording as as excerpts from a journal um i guess that would probably be the best it's very contemplative and Mm -hmm. personal and um sort of you know sort of a reflection on a lot of my past experience Beautiful, and we're going to get to a couple of songs from that album uh, from 2016 called The Fine Line, which is available at iTunes. Uh, We'll get to a couple of those, but let's talk about the Christmas album. This is your first ever solo Christmas CD. Uh, It's coming out on December 1st, uh, just in time for the Christmas season. Now, I understand uh, there's three traditional songs on here, five originals, and then a couple of songs uh, from some friends of yours, one uh, from David Tyson, in fact, that he wrote with a cool title called A Text to God. It's a super cool song. It's To me, it's wow. one, one of the cooler pieces on the, on the record. It's sort of, for me, a modern-day prayer, and it's this really clever contemporary lyric with using contemporary concepts juxtaposed with a very... Um, traditional, almost ancient-sounding melody. It's, it's a really mm. cool track. Can't wait to hear that one. That's cool. Uh, can't wait to hear that on the CD. And, of course, uh, so the album is called Imagine, and that is the John Lennon song. And and typically this is not thought of as a Christmas song, but I know that you've brought it into this collection for a reason. And what, what is that reason, Heather? Well, that's right. He he wrote another song that's very um, often used on Christmas records. But for me, Imagine really captures what we all sort of hope for, um, particularly at this time of the year. Um, peace and um, sharing and uh, caring and uh, universal love. Uh, they're all yeah. ideals that we all sort of hope for, and um, it, to me, it's it's one of the most beautiful songs ever written, and uh, and I just I don't know I thought about it as as something that could really would really suit a Christmas record and and explored it and and I'm really I'm really glad I did include it because it it really does capture what to me um, what the season is about. And the three traditional songs now, two of them I know very well. We all know Silent Night and Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. Uh, the third one on that list, maybe everybody else knows it, but I, it didn't ring a bell to me as far as one that I knew. And I, so I'll let you tell me about the song Once in Royal David City. Yeah, it's it's a very traditional uh, sounding carol. And it's familiar, I think, uh, for people who listen to a lot of choral music. Um, okay. And yeah, and that's where I would have heard it. Um, nice. It's becoming more popular. Like I've heard people like the Chieftains and the Barry McNeils have done it, but it's one that I've always uh, wanted to to 
to sing and uh, finally mm-hmm. had the opportunity to to record it for my for my solo Christmas record. Nice. Um but it's a, it's a beautiful it's a beautiful uh melody and the lyric is very traditional and it's very in keeping with the divine roots of of the story of Christmas and and um you know they, for people who celebrate the season uh for uh, as christians um they will mm-hmm. appreciate that yeah great okay some perfect. people like i guess my uh, point is some people celebrate christmas not for for that story um absolutely. but it's it's it's, yeah. it's a time to get together and and reflect on the people who are no longer with us and, and to be grateful and to spend some time with people who you really care about. Mm-hmm, exactly. That is what Christmas and, and the whole holiday season is all about family getting together. And, uh, and that is the true essence of it. Uh, the five original songs uh, on here, tell me how you got to that uh, place to write Christmas songs and what were you reflecting on when you were, when you were setting out to write these songs? Well, some people ask me, is it hard to listen to Christmas music when it's not Christmas time? And I never really had a hard, had a hard time with it at all. In fact, um, it's not the first Christmas record I've recorded. I, I recorded one with my sisters back in the 90s. Oh, my God, it's 20 years old this year, actually. Um, hard wow. to believe. Um, but yeah. we, we all loved Christmas music, so especially the girls in my family, because we were always members of the church choir growing up. And, and that was... Uh, it was a fun experience for us to be involved. We learned about about music. We learned how to harmonize and choir. It was it was a social outing for us. It got us out of the house where we could get away from doing chores. And uh, um, and then it, part of of being part of the choir was Christmas caroling, and that was it was always something we looked forward to um, at this time of the year. Right. Um, but. Uh, but uh, Getting into the uh, writing uh, for the for the record, I just you know I, I guess I was was doing a lot of reflecting and thinking about mm-hmm. um, how the season has changed um, over the years. How back in the day, you know, the Christmas catalog would would arrive, and that was a very exciting part for us as kids. But mm-hmm. it wasn't just about what you know what you were getting under the tree it was it was about you know having beautiful meals prepared and um and sharing that that those meals together um my mom used to have this tradition where um after midnight mass when we would all go to midnight mass together and and sing in the choir we would come home and 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 she would have a a hot meal we would prepare a hot meal mm. um she wow. would either have duck or goose there was always a ham. Um, and she always had a homemade bread and homemade uh, pies and, like, dressing and all the trimmings. We'd have a big hot meal <clears throat> after church and, uh, and you know, celebrate into the wee hours of the morning. Of course, <laughs> the young, when we were younger, we would, we would get off to bed because we were excited about Santa coming. But, um, exactly. But that, that was a very... Um, big tradition in our house and uh, 
but you know, a lot of a lot of that has changed over the years, and families are smaller now. There's less um, there's less focus on uh, maybe the ritual of celebrating Christmas, but at the very heart of Christmas, um, it's still about getting together with the people you care about and uh, and sharing a nice meal and and exchanging mm-hmm. gifts. Yeah. Yeah, gifts are a part of it too. Uh, but yeah, getting together and wishing people well and just kind of feeling that goodness in ourselves and sharing it. It's, kind of, it's a happy time, you know, in most cases, as it should be. Uh, I want to turn to uh, a song, the first single, in fact, from Imagine, your your Christmas CD. It's called Wrap It Up. This is such a great tune. Uh, i got a nice country flavor to it. Tell me about Wrap It Up before we play it, Heather. Um, it was one I had the privilege of writing with a gentleman who plays guitar uh, here in Halifax, and he's he's actually played with my brother Jimmy for many many years. Um, his name is Jamie Robinson, and uh, he's been uh, doing a lot of the, my gigs with me as well. And uh, I met him back in the day. Uh, he's done some work with the Rankin family and the Rankin sisters. So um, you know, I went to him and I said, I have this idea for a song um it's based on a bad experience or a good experience with eggnog depending on how you look at it and uh <laughs> you know it, that's how it started out and uh and uh yeah and then we just you know hashed around some ideas and uh ended up with wrap it up and it's a really fun song it's really upbeat it is and it's just about letting go and having a good time and celebrating uh, while you can Absolutely. Let's hear it now. This is my guest, Heather Rankin, and wrap it up on In the Country.
That is Heather Rankin, my guest here on the show, and that song is called Wrap It Up. What a great Christmas song, uh, kicking off the the Christmas season here and getting into the spirit with that wonderful song. Uh, You'll find it on her uh, Christmas CD, which is coming out on December 1st. It is called Imagine, and uh, of course iTunes is one place you'll be able to get it, along with uh, other places online and and, uh, record stores. Uh, Beautiful, and... uh, People are going to enjoy hearing this because there is nothing like getting together with family and friends, having that eggnog, and having great Christmas music in the background. Oh, good. I, I hope you're right. <laughs> it's fun. I like, think you so. Know, for the most part, the record <laughs> is pretty serious, pretty subdued, con- contemplative. But that song, we really break yeah. out on that one, and, and we have a lot of fun. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah, once you the Christmas music comes out it just it gets people in that spirit and uh, so this is going to be a great CD people will be able to get uh, on December 1st let's turn to uh, actually I wanted to ask you before we turn to uh, a fine line your CD from 2016 and hear a couple of great songs from it uh, your influences now obviously your family because you grew up in a musical yeah. family and performed with them many years but for you yourself Heather who are the singers an artist as you were growing up that got you excited about music? Gosh, you know, well, growing up in a house with 12 kids, you listen to it, all of the music that everybody else was playing. And I was one of the younger right. of, tw- of 12 kids. I was number 11 of 12 kids. So I was listening to all of the music they were listening to, Elton John and Barbara Streisand and Queen. And uh, there was some, the Beatles, there was, uh, Bob Dylan, um, you name it. It was a, but there was also, you know, we heard very traditional music in the house as well. Uh, particularly my parents, they they played a lot of the fiddle music um, on on cassette machines or, um, mm-hmm. you know. And so I I, by the time I um, started buying music, I was I was listening to people like Amy Lou Harris and Linda Ronstadt. And, uh, uh, gosh, so many um, artists, Nancy Griffith, a lot of, of um, um, American female artists, um, mm-hmm. and um, like the trio record with Dolly Parton, Linda Ronsett, and Amy Lou Harris oh, is one yeah. of my favorite records back in the day. Um, but I was listening to people like Prince and Boy George and... All of that. It was a very eclectic uh, uh, cross section of of styles that that I listened to. Um, mm. But mostly, I think the folkier artists that I that I gravitated to. Absolutely, uh, and. On your album, A Fine Line, we're going to hear a couple of songs from it, uh, those great influences you, you just mentioned. And on this album, you do a Tears for Fear song, which would be a little unexpected. Great version, but that would, you know, we'd probably think Emmylou Harris, not Tears for Fears, but you did Everybody Wants to Rule the World. Tell me about choosing that yeah. song. Right. Well, I love the idea that nobody would have expected me to, to sing that <laughs> because when I set out to make my own record I wanted to do something that was completely different than what I did with my family because I just you know I wanted to make some kind of a statement that said I am I'm not just that I can I can do other stuff and uh right if it's a good song anyone should be able to sing it and uh I had a lot of fun uh recording that song and I thought you know it really resonated with me 
um, as an adult because I had first heard it when I was a teenager. And mm-hmm. I, I, back then I thought, well, what a great catchy song, fun to dance to, hooky. But as an adult, um, it really struck a chord with me, the lyric of it. Um, uh, just sort of hit home, uh, particularly mm-hmm. at a time when, you know, there's just so much, so much awful stuff going on in the world and, and uh, people are less and less connected. And I just felt that, that the song really, it really spoke to me. And uh, we just sort of did it as an experiment, Dave and I, and, and I ended up right. really liking it. And, and then I thought, well, how could I, I take it and really make it our own and do something really interesting with it. And so I reached out to um, a young uh, artist here in, in the Halifax area, Quake Matthews. And I said, do you think you could, you know, do a little something, something on this song? Cause he's, he's, uh, you know, he's into hip hop and, and he got on board. I thought, I thought he would just say, Oh no, Heather, I can hear you. So not cool, and I'm cool. And he got right on board. He jumped on, and and uh, he he came up with some real some really clever uh, ideas. And uh, yeah. and I just I really like it. I think it's fun and it's different, and um, I'm very proud of it. It sounds great. And as you said, you know, hearing a song as a kid, and this could apply to other songs. Um, it's it's amazing when you can hear a song years later and now the lyric uh, hits you in a different way. You're older, yeah. wiser, for whatever reason, the time in the world. Uh, now a song yeah. has a new meaning, which is great. Yeah, it's a, it really is a sign that it, of a good song. When it, and mm-hmm. The message, I guess, it was always relevant. It had to have been if they'd written it back in the 80s. But Yeah. But... Uh, it's the listener, you know, it's, it's how, where you are yes. in your life and, and what you are seeing and how you are interpreting things and, and, uh, how it resonates with you at that point in your life. So yeah, kind of cool. Definitely. Yeah. Let's turn to a, a great song from a fine line. Uh, this one is we walk as one and it features a couple of your siblings, Jimmy and cookie, all three of you on this song. Uh, tell me about we walk as one. When I was writing songs um, for the record, you know, I, I, when I set out to make my record, I didn't, you know, really expect that I would have written or co-written seven of the 11 tracks. But then I met David Tyson, um, who I have just the greatest respect for. He's such a talented artist, such a talented songwriter, and he's made some, produced some incredible records. Um, and, you know, to have had the opportunity to work with him was just, uh, just a gift and uh, I still pinch myself and like now we're just we're really good buddies and we stay in very good touch in close touch with one another but nice. um, I had some ideas some some songs uh, you know some stuff already um, together when I went with and met with him um, and that was one of the ideas, one of the concepts I had was I really wanted to to write something that paid tribute to my roots because um, I have so much history with my family. I've worked with my family my entire adult life in one capacity or another. Um, I, I made music with them. I toured with them. I own a pub with my sisters. I continued touring with my sisters and made a record with them after 
the family was no longer touring. So it's, you know, it's a very tight knit group of, uh, siblings. Um, and you know, and, and the family as a whole, just the whole experience of growing up in, in a family of 12 kids and, you know, it wasn't, wasn't the easiest, uh, beginnings, but, um, you know, it, it ended up being turning out okay. And I just thought that was a, a real testament to, to where I came from and, and, uh, and to, to the, to the family. And, and so I, that's where sort of, sort of the idea came from for writing that song. Well, let's hear it now on the show, and uh, lots more to talk about with my guest, Heather Rankin. This is We Walk as One on In the Country.
And that is my guest, Heather Rankin, from her CD, A Fine Line. Uh, the song is called We Walk as One, featuring Jimmy Rankin and Cookie Rankin. And, man, what a great song. I have another one coming up from, from that uh, album. Uh, on the subject of songwriting, Heather, as you mentioned, you did a bunch of writing on this album. Uh, when did you first get into songwriting? Was it, was it early on, or did you start doing it uh, later as the Rankins uh, took off? Yeah, you know, I'm not one of those people who, uh, I haven't been writing all my life. No, you know, I've dabbled in it. Um, but writing, I don't think is something that you can be very successful at if, if you're just dabbling. It's something you have to be working at all the time. Um, I did, you know, write, uh, a couple of things for the last rank and family record, um, and ended up using one of the songs and um and then uh when I recorded with my sisters uh, a Christmas record I, I wrote one of the songs that's on our record Do You Hear. Um but when I uh was no longer doing music with my family, um it was something I just, you know, started spending more time working at and uh and then of course when i met dave as i mentioned earlier he really encouraged me to take my time and and just keep uh working at at the, at the ideas and um until i had what we felt were were good songs and uh you know i think my my strength is definitely in co-writing um it's it's nice working with other artists who are really proficient uh, musicians and they can really elevate what you bring to the table. And mm-hmm. I've been very lucky to work with people like Dave and, and Jamie and Steve McKinnon who produced my, my Christmas record. Yeah. Co-writing just opens up so many possibilities because you're getting obviously that not only that other writer's expertise, but their perspective on life. So uh, you get together with David and, and you're comfortable with them and your friends, as you said, uh, the possibilities are endless. Yeah. And you know, you don't have that with everybody. Um, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a True. certain chemistry. I think that, that you, you have to hit it off with people and you have to be comfortable. And, and it wasn't like an instant thing that happened with David. It, you know, it happened over the course of a few years. I was back and forth and, um, and I, you know, I'm most comfortable, I think, writing when I really know the person and when I'm, when I'm really comfortable around them and able mm-hmm. to really, you know, share, uh, how you feel and share, uh, personal things and, and history and, um, yeah. And so I, I, I did, I had a, a special connection with Dave and, uh, I've gotten to really know Jamie Robinson too, just working with him over the past couple of years and uh and it's funny because I never expected in a million years when I first started working with him that I'd ever be writing songs with him, so it's really wow. it's really an, an amazing thing to share that experience with with other people mhm, because you've got to be vulnerable um with yeah. that writer, as you said, so you're uh not only even in the personal stuff you might share, but maybe just your ideas for lyrics, maybe you're in your head you're thinking this line might not be that good you've got to be uh, yeah well you know willing to lay it out there and maybe they'll say oh that's no good or might cushion it a bit but uh yeah you got to be open yeah and and sometimes an idea that's ridiculous to one person is brilliant to another so Mm -hmm. you know 
to anybody who's an aspiring songwriter, never throw out your ideas because you think they're stupid. Um, even if they're not the most eloquent, they can they can trigger someone else's ideas, you know, and um, that's how co-writing is. What's that's the most beautiful thing about it is that no idea is a bad idea. I've heard that so many times on the show, just what you said, that you don't throw out that bad idea. You don't not say it because it might trigger something. It might turn out to be all right, or even if it isn't, it'll trigger another idea that will roll off of that. So that, uh, exactly. that is amazing advice. Yeah, you know, Some of that. the things that I, that I felt were the most quirky things or the most quirky way of saying something ends up being the most interesting um, thing you can bring to the table sometimes. Mm-hmm. True. Have you had a chance, Heather, and I'm sure this is going to be pretty obvious, you've had a chance over the years to meet your musical heroes because you've performed everywhere and you've, you've been around so many people in, in your career. But did, did anybody come to mind, uh, one or two or one, somebody that you really look forward to meeting and you're like, wow, I got to meet this person I listen to all the time? All kinds of people. Alison Krauss, John Prine. Mm. Oh, my God, we listened to him so much growing wow. up. Um, uh, who else? The Chieftains. Um, mm-hmm. um, oh my God, they're not coming. Gordon Lightfoot. Um, got nice. to go backstage and meet him. Yeah, really cool. Wow. That was many years ago when we were first recording. Um, like I think it was our first, our first or our second Rankin Family record, and we all flew to to Toronto and we were sharing a one bedroom apartment. <laughs> For the two oh weeks God. that it took us to record the record, and one bedroom apartment. Is, what's that? One bedroom apartment for all of you. How many? <laughs> Maybe it was a two bedroom with a pullout. Okay. <laughs> there were five of us <laughs> and an executive producer sharing this oh apartment. If we didn't kill each other, um, we never would. <laughs> But yeah, and somebody got us tickets to go see Gordon Lightfoot at Massey Hall, and we got to go backstage and meet him. That was totally cool. Uh, Carly Simon uh, got to like go and hang out with her at her uh, Martha's Vineyard estate when we were singing backups on one of her records. Um, oh that was a super cool experience. Um, and then she invited me to go to New York with her and, and do some. Um, she was promoting marketing her the release of her record and she was appearing on the view and Rosie O'Donnell and uh, Letterman and a couple of other things. And I got to go and, and sing with her. Uh, I think That's we did amazing. a show in Bryant park too. Yeah. For maybe good morning you, America. Whoa. Yeah. You were on all those shows. That's amazing. Yeah. I didn't get to do Letterman, but she, she brought me along um, so I could see it. And be a part of. I was there, but I wasn't on stage. But it was super cool. Okay, cool. To be involved. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah. Who were some of the other uh, interesting? The McGarrickles, um, when they were all still here, I got to see mm-hmm. them um, perform at the Calgary Folk Festival um, and meet them. Um, and at that time, they were doing a show with um, Rufus. And Martha were both part of the show, so that was really right, cool. Right. But you yeah, know, all kinds of. I recently did a filmed a, on Mr. D with Alan Frew. That was super oh, cool. Oh, cool! Yeah, Alan Frew from Glass um, Tiger. Yeah, yeah, he was 
Nice. Total professional. We got to play rock stars on the show. Do you know the show, Mr. D? It's a really fun family it. comedy. Yeah. Uh, has that, has that episode aired yet? Yes, it did. Okay. I'll, I'll go back. <laughs> it was fun. Back. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that was What a fun, combination. Alan Frew and Heather Rankin. Cool. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I know. And here's the thing. We were on stage you know, between takes, and he's like singing... And he's like t- telling me the chords to play, and <laughs> we were jamming. Wow. It was really fun. Um, That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. There's there's lots of lots of cool experiences over the years, and lots of amazing folk artists too, like uh, CLI Span. Uh, we toured with them, and Mary Black, who was an amazing Irish artist, also who started out, you know, playing music with her family, the Black family. Um, mm. And all kinds of amazing people like Donald Lunny and Sharon Shannon. These are like really great Irish musicians. Um, you know, if I sat here and thought I I could go on and on because there's so many people over the years <laughs> that I've I've yeah. met and uh, you know at various festivals and you know I've been very lucky. Well, that's pretty cool. Those are some great names and uh, some great experiences. Who would you like to record with? Heather, do you have anybody sort of in mind that uh, you thought, man, on my next project, it would be great to have Carly Simon join me, for example, or Gordon Lightfoot, or do you have uh, people that you think would be cool to do a project with? You know who I thought it would be super fun to record with is um, Steve Martin, because he plays banjo. uh, Right. And there was one song uh, on our Christmas record we thought, that would have been cool to have him play banjo. Um, you know, kind of bring that folky, real folky, yeah. bluegrassy sound to, um, yeah, there's so many great artists. Who would I want to record with? Gosh. Um, it would be fun to have Carly Simon sing on a record. Um, James Taylor, oh, my God, he's so good. Uh, that would be amazing. Um, I don't know. Like, just I, I, I consider myself very lucky to have uh, recorded with Alex Cuba, um, who uh, sings a duet with me on on my Christmas record. He's a uh, uh, an immigrant from from Cuba. He's been living in Canada for fifteen years, and mm-hmm. uh, I shouldn't say he's Cuban. He's now he's a Canadian Cuban Canadian, um, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, he's this amazing, beautiful singer-songwriter who uh, I met on the Canada C3 expedition and uh, ended up writing and recording with him uh, on a couple of occasions, which is, yeah. that's great. When I get to record with extremely talented people like that, I I consider myself very fortunate. uh, That's wonderful. Let's turn to uh, another track from A Fine Line. Um, your album that is available at iTunes. People can get this whole album. Uh, let's turn to Sitting in a Cafe. And uh, Heather, tell me a bit about this song. It's a lovely song. Uh, tell me the story oh, behind thank it. thank you. Yeah. Um, some of the first lyrics came to me uh, for that when I was feeling a little lost wandering around Los Angeles. Um, I guess I'd spent so much time surrounded by family and and band and crew and here I was in LA 
um, all by myself, asking myself the question, what are you doing here? Um, you know, and uh, and part of the, the lyric came to me, um, actually, when I got home and I was, I I woke up from a dream and I'd had this dream about someone and, and just wrote it down. It was, it was, it was like the, the lines just came to me very, very easily, a few of the lines and, um, yeah. And then I brought it to Dave and I never really thought it was, of, 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 it, I never really thought of it as being much of a, a song. I just thought it was just pieces of, and of a, if he, maybe it wouldn't even be usable when the ideas came to me, there were two separate occasions and um, I presented them to Dave together and he thought, well, this is a really great idea for a song. And um, we ended up finishing it together. And uh, again, like it's, it's always very nice to have that second writer because they can see or hear something in, in the idea that you maybe not don't recognize as being, valid or valuable and uh, that was certainly the case for this song yeah let's share that song now this is an example of one of those kinds of songs a great one from heather rankin called sitting in a cafe on in the country i dreamed you were a painter that everyone I could no longer reach you from here Don't you know you were misguided Telling me how you think that I should feel i 
And that is Heather Rankin with Sitting in a Cafe from her A Fine Line CD available at iTunes. And you can check her out online at her website, heatherrankin.ca, to learn more about her, of course. You know a lot about her already. You can learn even more and listen to more of her songs. Uh, Is there brand new music, Heather? Are you working on anything now as a follow-up to A Fine Line? Um, That's what I have to start thinking about next. Uh, But I really haven't had a whole lot of uh, breathing time um, because I I released my first record just over a year ago and I just I'm just coming up for air after finishing um, the Christmas record and uh, in the in a time where you're self marketed and self managed and self produced it's uh, right you know, it's, been, <laughs> it's been a ton of work. So yeah, um, that w- that is on the horizon. I I really have to start uh, concentrating on that next. Um, but um, just gonna get through the Christmas season and then mm-hmm. just take a breath and uh, and see. You know, it's it's uh, it's pretty. It's been pretty intense. Um, and it, the industry is just so different from what it used to be. Um, Especially for me, because I I came from, um, you know, uh, an era um, and a career where we had a huge team of people working for us and taking care of a lot of the details that I am now shouldering. Um, so mm-hmm. it's 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 one of the toughest parts about um, being in the industry now is is managing and balancing those responsibilities with, with uh, finding creative time. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll see. I'm going to have to see. It may not be out as, as soon as I'd like, um, but I, I'm not one to rush and put things out just because it's the time. Yeah. I have to sort of yeah. take my time and make sure that I have the best, uh, the best music before I put it out there. Makes total sense. That That does. (laughs) That does answer my question. Yeah, all good things take time, so we won't expect it too soon, but at least we know it's it's in the offing down the road. In the meantime, uh, there's a fine line that people can get. To. If they don't have it already, they can head to iTunes. Uh, 11 great songs from Heather Rankin. And, of course, uh, coming up on December 1st, your Christmas CD will be available for people to get. It's called Imagine, uh, featuring some traditional songs, a lot of originals on there as well, including Wrap It Up, which we heard uh, closer to the beginning of the show. Uh, thanks so much for being he- here, Heather. What a great treat to chat with you. A really enjoyable conversation and uh, great to get to know you. Dave, it's been lovely talking with you, um, and I wish you the very best, and thanks for, for taking the time to speak with You bet. Sa- same to you, Heather, and all the best uh, for the Christmas season. My guest has been Heather Rankin. Uh, be sure to get to that Christmas CD just as soon as you can. Actually, December 1st is when you can, and you will enjoy listening to it with your family and friends.
I'm Dave Woods, and that'll wrap up this edition of In the Country.